Hello, everybody. My name is Damian John. Welcome to Massage Therapy Now. My guest today is Peter Bear, who works in Powell River. He has been a massage therapist for 38 years. I just interviewed his wife, Margaret, and we had this delightful discussion over the course of 15 minutes about her experiences as a massage therapist of 40 years. So together they have 78 years of massage experience. And I thought, what a great pair to interview and see what their experiences have been because they've both reached a point of of mastery over the hours of time with their particular uh, profession and skill sets that come with, with that. And so I just thought it would be very interesting to hear what their experiences have been like. So hi, Peter. Hi. I'm going to ask you three questions, and uh, you have about five-ish minutes for each of them. That works for you? Sure. Cool. So since you've been working as an RMT for a long time, what have been the the changes within the profession that you've seen personally um, over that that time? It, that, that's a long time. So have there been any major changes, and which ones stand out to you? Uh, well, the size of the profession, which is good because we have more clout um, politically, but uh, you know, we were kind of a small circle of friends when I started, and we, a lot of us knew each other, and uh, you know, it was really a community. I, I find the media uses that word a lot, and it's pretty overused, uh, that, that most people don't know who lives next door, but uh, we were somewhat of a community back in, in the day, um, and on the other hand, maybe less professional and certainly less recognized. Um, massage therapy, most people didn't have a distinction between that and prostitution. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so there was what, how many of you were there at that point? I think around 150, but that's through the whole province. I was the first one in Powell River. Right. And how long have you been in Powell River? Since the early seventies. Okay. But I didn't, I didn't start practicing till 1980. Okay. But you were practicing, you've been practicing in Powell River that whole time. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, with a couple of short interludes, yes. Okay. So the, the community feel that you had back in the day of 150-odd therapists, has that shifted then with 4,000 therapists being... Well, it's just different. Uh, I mean, most of us, too, I mean, back now I think people go into it as a career and to make money and all that. And, I mean, when I went in, I had no idea if I'd make any money, and, and I didn't even, I don't know, it just... It was more, you know, we were kind of 60s hippies, a lot of us, and it was like, follow your bliss, follow your passion, <laughs> and we'll see where that goes. And uh, it went well. <laughs> we were lucky. Yes. I mean, part of it was we had to fight to make it a profession, really. Right. Yeah, and you were a part of that as well, right? You you were a big advocate for the the profession in the early days? Uh, yes. Uh, actually, the, yeah, the, briefly, the way it happened was uh, – that uh, the MTA, this fellow Mark White who introduced this, he founded the MTA. He was uh, a massage therapist, was uh, head of Part 3 APMP, which was the massage section. And then he had been to some workshop or talked to someone about separating the college from the professional association. And so he started it. And uh, anyway, the MTA published a, it was the MTA then, not the RMTBC, uh, published a list of um, of uh, names and addresses and phone numbers of massage therapists and I had somebody a couple of times I had people move out of town and they said who can you recommend and I'd look at their list anyway uh, for some reason the MTA hadn't um, uh, changed the list for three years and I said well I'm not sure if this person was there and I was quite embarrassed that our association had a an outdated list 
So I went to the AGM uh-huh. loaded for bear uh, and, uh, uh, you know, was ranting about how we should do the list every year. And then the next thing I know, I was elected to the board. And the next thing I know, I was elected to be president. And, <laughs> anyway, and then at that point, the government. Oh, what Margaret didn't mention, that back then, um, almost all our patients were doctor referred and paid for by MSP. Right. So we were very dependent on the medical services plan. Yes. And I mean, now it's hard to believe. And we were getting whatever it was, 10, 1050 a treatment. And uh, I'd see about 10 people a day, and each treatment was about half an hour. And we weren't allowed to extra bill. We weren't allowed to charge them uh, extra. Um, So that was it. So basically, uh, we had to work hard and long for our $100. I mean, $100 then was a lot more than it is now, but still it wasn't, uh, you know, uh, you wouldn't have gone into it for the money. Yeah, you weren't you weren't buying Corvettes with that amount of money. Um, no, no. Great. Well, that's a great first answer, uh, and it totally adds to what Margaret was saying. And I was, as I was saying uh, to her, I was like, "Wow, we we really have a lot to, as a profession, say thank you for to to you therapists who were in those early political realms." I'm gonna I'm gonna say thank you for myself because I, I think you guys did some pretty cool framework uh, frameworking that we now uh, take for granted. So it's pretty neat to hear that piece. I'm going to ask you the second question now, Peter. Well, hold on a second. I, I, actually, I wanted to add something to okay. what Mark said. So she published a thing called the Policy Manual for Massage yep. Therapists. And, uh, you know, and, and so she was trying to get clear on what the policies were with the insurance companies and all that. And she ended up doing some of our negotiating, you know, because she would she lived in Victoria. She would go to these government offices and say, well, what, you know, what about this and what about that? So actually, Margaret helped create a lot of the policies. Yeah, neat. Uh, because they weren't, and we were such a small profession that they didn't even have us down a lot of them. Uh-huh. So uh, so that's the difference between then and now. We were really fairly unknown. Uh-huh. Yeah, and if you wanted something done, your small group would have to gather together and, and do it. And that's right. Do it ourselves. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't rely on anybody else. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. I'm going to ask you a question about being a longtime therapist and you're um, your learning the skill set over time. Just hitting on the idea of when did you begin to feel you feel competent in your work and start to feel like you have you ever felt that you've hit a point of what a lot of people would say mastery, like over 10,000 hours of time spent? Do you feel like you're still consistently learning? Can you speak to that idea of starting out? and continually learning over time? Boy, um, I, I, I don't know if I ever, I don't know, mastery. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty confident, but uh, a lot of it is my palpation skills and, and feeling the tissue under me. And I, I, I can't remember kind of when um, I was completely clear about that, you know, uh, that uh, – when I knew that I could feel that. So I, I'm not sure how long that took, but a lot of my work is based on what my fingers feel rather than, um, you know, I mean, I do have a couple of techniques I've learned, but um, a lot of it's based on palpation, really. Right. So you're, you, you've you relied then on actually touching people as a main, yes. main yeah. space to learn in. Yeah. 
And so can you to expand on that a little bit? What would how would you explain what you feel under your hands to somebody if somebody was to ask you, like, what what do you mean when you're saying you're palpating somebody? I was buying avocados the other day. And, you know, they can be rotten or they can be too hard. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. To simplify, perhaps, it's a little bit like uh, buying good fruit and vegetables. You know, you touch them and squeeze them and you can tell, of course, there's depth and all that. But but anyway, that's uh, great. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Is there a component of intuition in it, do you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And actually, I took a lot of uh, psychology back in university. Margaret and I both have degrees. Uh-huh. And... Um, yeah, there's some of that too. Um, some of the techniques have really helped, like uh, range of motion and ass- assisted and resisted and all that. That's some pretty good stuff for neck, especially neck problems. And then there's, um, I, I took at the time, it's not, it seems like it's disappeared, Paul St. John. Right. Um, I, I like low back pain a lot. That's what got me into massage. And uh, the, um, what do they call it? A pelvic stabilization techniques. I use those a lot. And sometimes they can really... Um, improve uh, uh, somebody's back pain. Right. So, in in the realm of of palpation and intuition and and all that, you, your style of work then is a mix of probably science and art. Would you say? Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, when we started, you asked too the difference between then and now. There was very little science back then. There was a little bit. I mean, we studied anatomy and physiology. But there was very little science-based massage technique uh, right. going on. Yeah, so you had to you had to really rely on what it was that you you felt mm-hmm. and sort of even get inventive. I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, also just understanding the body. I mean, my my analysis of low back pain is that people move too much. They they bend too much from the waist. So there's a lot of coaching too involved in in getting people to learn to use their knees and hips and legs rather than uh, bending at the waist when they bend over and also sitting and, and, and reversing the lumbar curve, the uh, concave curve. Um, I, I really like doing low back because I, I had it and I, you know, it got me into the profession and I, uh, um, I, I feel like I understand it pretty well in, in most cases when it's not, you know, some kind of traumatic injury. Right. So you were a bit of a low back specialist, would you say? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's a that's a high percentage patient load in the profession would be low back stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Great. Thanks, Peter. Uh, I'm going to ask you the final question now, um, and I, I like this question. I asked it to Margaret, so I'm going to ask it to you as well. Since you have so many years of experience, are there any ones that stand out in particular to you as interesting, profound, thought-provoking, uh, your most learning experience, or even as Margaret hit on humor, uh, are there any, is there anything that stands out to you? Um, well, I can, I'll take one that was, was, must have been my first or second year practicing. There was an older German lady and her uh, husband had died. And I think he used to massage her, you know, and I kind of got that uh, a lot of, I mean, her back, I think, ached, but a lot of why she was coming in was also that, um, of course, once in our society, once somebody's spouse dies, they hardly touched. I mean, people didn't hug each other back then, um, uh, at least not middle class people. And, uh, you know, I kind of saw the sadness of the lack of touch in our society. So 
I mean, I, there's a lot of drive about scientific techniques and massage therapy, and that's all good. But also, there, there's this profound lack of touch in a lot of people's lives. And, and um, I always remember that. And I, I remember just somehow getting She never said anything, but I just remember getting it from her, even though she uh, well, she was German and not appreciatively verbal or anything, <laughs> if I can stereotype. Um, I, my parents are from Germany, too, uh-huh. so I can do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So she was she in your treatment. The the best thing she got was the the touch that you gave her. Yes, yeah, and I think that's still pretty common. And I I think we don't talk about it because we're trying to be so scientific. Right. But it's uh, you know there's a lot of people that uh, are under touched in our society. Yeah, and touch is profound. I mean, there's there's. Yes. Uh, uh, I remember being at one of the symposiums and one of the lecturers saying something like, maybe all we're doing is making somebody feel good. <laughs> or it was something like that. I don't think I'm hitting it exactly. Yeah. And then I, I really thought about that a lot over time. And I would I would change the way he said it a little bit and, and change it to something instead of like demeaning the fact that maybe all we're doing is touching somebody. I think mm-hmm. there's something as you speak to it, I'm thinking of it again, there's something really incredibly profound about the ability to be trusted enough to touch somebody in a, in a kind and consensual and healing fashion. And, uh, Mm -hmm. that's, that's some of the stuff that stands out to me as a person who was a massage therapist is those times when, when you're, you're touching somebody was saying that they were looking for. And, uh, yeah, I think that's, I like that you said that because I think that, that's one of the most important pieces of the work that a massage therapist does. And, and so, uh, and I like that you say that too, being such a long time therapist, because it hasn't, you know, it hasn't lost it. It hasn't lost its oomph as far as the thing that you do. You know, it's not like nowadays you're saying, yeah, it's much better if you're a science-based person. It's more like, wow, even after 38 years of working, I still remember this woman two years into the, into my professional life. Mm-hmm. Great. So I'm going to throw in the, the one last little question because Margaret answered it. And uh, I just want to hear your take on it. You guys met because of massage therapy. Is that right? Yeah, we did. I think Margaret covered it. Actually, there was one more thing I wanted to say, too. And that is, you know, some people are impressed at our longevity in terms of, uh, you know, that our wrists are, you know, that our, our bodies are fine. Uh, with it, and we're actually doing it now. We don't have to financially; we could retire. Yeah. We'd be okay. Uh, we just love doing it. We're only working part time. Um, but um, I, I realized with my back pain that I was really unconscious about my body. And the school that I went to had uh, courses like body energy awareness and Tai Chi and all that stuff. And I took some of those courses repeatedly, and I really got conscious of my body, and I learned how to use it right. And and uh, Especially from Tai Chi, the idea that you're, uh, you know, you come from your center, not from your eyes and from your chi, or, uh, and, and, uh, using your body wisely and being really aware of where it is in space. Um, actually having an electric cable is great too, although we, we didn't have one probably for the first 20 odd years, but, um, um, you know, we're so focused on techniques now that, uh, you know, we need to make sure to, um, yeah. Watch ourselves and, and watch what we're doing. And, you know, I think once you get the good habits, it's pretty easy to do it. But, um, that's how my back got better too, is I realized that, uh, you know, you have to use, you know, I, I laughingly say I, I massage with my legs. Um, cause I mean, the, 
the big muscles in your body are in your thighs and your hips, and, and that's where the power comes from, and I'm not overusing my hands. Just the energy yeah. goes through my hands. And uh, Anyway, I think that uh, needs to be stressed if people want to have a long career is uh, proper body usage. Yeah. Work from your core or work from your yeah yeah dantian or whatever you want to call it <laughs> that's right dantian or chi yeah. yeah yeah um yeah. have you guys ever treated each other uh years ago actually we haven't uh-huh. lately <laughs> but yeah we used to sure yeah i think you can't go for that one of those <laughs> one of those interesting things when you're both trained in the same profession that you know do you do the do you do the work on each other or do you seek it elsewhere <laughs> Um, we did for a few years, and, and uh, uh, yeah, now I'm I'm going to see uh, uh, some other yeah. No, it's just a, it's a, that's a whole other set of questions. I was just curious. Um, so I've taken up mm-hmm. enough of your guys' time. I really appreciate it, Peter. Thank you for for answering my questions so candidly. You're welcome. 